0: Welcome to the Pear Gold Podcast, this is Jerry Pickney and I am joined today by Braxton Burnside. Braxton, thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So you have accomplished something that most people have never accomplished. Um, you have become a D1 athlete and then not only did you make it to the next level, um, but you excelled. Uh, you're an All-American, uh, All-SEC player. You broke uh, the single season record for most home runs by Lady Razorback. And so I'm just interested in hearing from you like, How did you become that kind of person, that kind of player?
1: Yeah, it just came from a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication. Dating all the way back, gosh, probably around the age of five or six, uh, my dad, starting with him, dedicated so much time and effort towards me and I think it really all started, I had an older sister and she played softball. Okay. And so that kind of instilled like the want to in me and the drive and the determination to be as good as she was. And so, yeah, that started probably when I was five or six. And then I just knew ever since day one that I, the sky was the limit for me and I hmm. absolutely wanted to go as far as I could.
0: How did you know that from day one? Was it pretty obvious? Like, <laughs> even, at, I mean... I know it's like, I don't want to brag about myself or whatever, but like looking back, like honestly, were people able to look at you even early on and go, like, okay, like she's just a little bit different, like God-given talent or whatever. Is uh, yeah. that pretty obvious? God,
1: God-given talent is the best way I can describe it. And I had so many people tell me at a young age, don't let that go to waste. Just because it was just, you know, you can't teach somebody to be athletic, to be fast. And that was just things that God gave me from birth. And so I was just blessed with that and um yeah so ever since a young age i just knew and plus uh the competitive side with me was so strong are you competitive oh my gosh like i've honestly mellowed out since i've gotten older but when i was younger i could not go bowl with the family That's because awesome. if i lost i was mad and so <laughs> like i think that kind of instilled you know a competitive and drive side in me that i wasn't going to stop until i got to the top
0: yeah so I, I guess it was a Lance Armstrong documentary that I watched uh, several years ago where he talked about that he actually hates losing more than he liked winning. Mm -hmm. Like, would you say that was true of you? Like, just hated to lose? You're like, okay, if I lose, I'm going to try to figure out a way to get better?
1: Yeah, I would say that's a really good way to describe me because when I lost, like, you did not want to be around me. (laughs) I was, like, in a bad mood. I was trying to find ways. Why did I lose? How can I get better next time? And I think that's a huge part of my success, you know? And so, yeah, that quote stands still for me. You know, I hated to lose worse than i love to win
0: (laughs) so all right so you're you have this great talent that god's given you uh you have a family that is or dad at least it's like hey like i also want to try to help make sure that you're kind of fanning like these gifts into flame so to speak you're competitive um that's already like in you early on right Mm -hmm. are you playing other sports other than softball
1: absolutely. I played basketball starting, oh gosh, I think I started basketball at age four in like a little church league back at home. Um, I grew up in Jonesboro. Okay. So when I was really young, I was in Jonesboro, moved to Pearwood in seventh grade. But yeah, I played basketball, volleyball, and softball competitively.
0: Okay. What was that move like going from Jonesboro to perigold as a seventh grader.
1: It wasn't huge, but I was nervous because I didn't know anybody. I knew one girl who is still my best friend today. Really? And cool. coming into Perigold and so I was nervous going into seventh grade into the junior high where I knew nobody and it seemed like everybody else knew everybody. Um and so yeah, the move was hard, but I would not trade that move for anything else in the world.
0: Okay. So you move here, you're seventh grade. And you're playing you said softball and then what else were you playing at that point
1: basketball and volleyball
0: basketball and volleyball but was softball like always the standout sport
1: Softball was always a standout sport. However, volleyball became a very, very, very close second. Really? Yes. I still kind of have these thoughts in the back of my mind of wishing that I would have tried a little bit harder to go play college volleyball, Hmm. because I know I could have done it, but I don't think I ever would have reached the highest potential in volleyball that I did in softball. So I think I definitely chose the right sport, but I just fell in love with volleyball. It was so fun, so fast, so intense. And so, you know, there's, yes, there's parts of me that wish I would have tried a little bit harder, but I don't have any doubts or any regrets about going to play college softball.
0: Bill, have you ever watched a high school girls volleyball game? Yeah. It is intense. Very intense. I honestly, like, I didn't know what to expect and it was like jaw dropping i like <laughs> like i like i'm not i would never get out there
1: yeah it's crazy it's fast
0: it is i could see why you'd have a lot of fun playing it mm-hmm. so all right you're playing volleyball basketball and softball so kind of catch me up from there what point did you begin to hear and maybe like as early as 7th grade like hey i think you could be a like next level player
1: I would say seventh grade was right around that time. Right around I was like 12, 13, I knew that I had really, really high potential. I knew that if I kept progressing the way that I had from a young age up until 12, I knew that I was going to be able to make it happen. And so I think ever since seventh grade, around age 12, maybe eighth grade, I knew I was going to be able to make it happen if I kept putting in the time and the effort to progress my skill level.
0: So what is that like? Like I'm <laughs> trying to imagine, like I've never – ever like even for a second thought in any sport even t- I played high school tennis uh for whatever that's worth but I never once thought like I bet I could be a d1 athlete like not even so like I can't even imagine being 12 13 and thinking like this is a real possibility like mm-hmm. what was that like knowing that I'm just trying to think like how, how did you stay somewhat grounded humble not get complacent and be like oh this is like you know
1: Well, I think a large part of that was the travel ball softball team that I was on. So back then, you had to travel to play softball. Um, The state of Arkansas, and it still stands true today, is just really behind on the level of play, so you kind of have to travel to the surrounding states to get to play the high competition, but the team that I was on that was actually from surrounding areas um, of Paragold, mainly from Arkansas, we were really, really competitive, and I think it helped me kept progressing because I played with really good softball players, and so I wasn't always the best player, so I was constantly striving to be as good as the next person next hmm. to me, so I think that was part of it that kept me, you know, um, keep climbing up, and I never got complacent never got steady I just wanted to keep getting better and so I would say that was a huge part of that was playing with a team where everyone around me was just as good if not better than me
0: yeah Where did you become I mean yeah that makes sense I'm like that keeps you from kind of the whole like big fish in a small pond Mm -hmm. thing yes Um, did you become like at all like obsessed where it's like okay like this is the goal now like so everything else like is going to, you know, that most kids, I guess, or whatever, like, don't ever get into, focusing on. Like, did that stuff kind of begin to take somewhat of a backseat? Like, were you that driven? Or were you at this point still like, you know, I'm just going to be a normal kid. I'm going to do my thing when softball season's in. Like, I'll play that, and then you forget about it? Or is it like, no, like, it's pretty much on your mind all the time?
1: (laughs) Absolutely not. So, (laughs) I, yeah. So, and I think to get to the highest level, you have to be that way. Like, I was softball driven. Everything I did from age 12 on was focused and centered around softball. However... I really, really recommend people to play other sports because mm-hmm. that's what got me away from softball, so I didn't get mm-hmm. burnt out. You know, if I felt, I felt like if softball was my only sport, then it would have come to a point where I was like, I don't want to go to practice today. I don't want to play this weekend. However, yeah, playing volleyball and playing basketball kept me kind of away from softball. So in basketball season, it was basketball with a little bit of softball. Yep. In volleyball season, it was volleyball with a little bit of softball. And then in softball season, I was hitting it hard. Mm-hmm. And so I think playing three sports saved me from getting, Burnt out, and so my love and passion for the game was still really high.
0: Yeah, that's huge, and I think a lot of parents need to hear that because I just know from being around parents who have kids that are decent at sports, they feel that pressure of man, like we've got to just focus here, got to focus here, got to focus here. But you're saying like, you'd be careful with that.
1: Yes, you absolutely do because they will hit the point where they're burnt out and they're like, I'm done. And when they're done, there's usually no turning back.
0: Yeah, because that's so much of improving at anything, right? Like if you enjoy doing something you're going to want to go out and like throw a ball or want to go out and hit because it's fun. Mm
1: -hmm. Right.
0: And then as soon as it becomes a job, it's like, yeah, nope. Exactly. It's very true. So um, let's fast forward. You get into high school. Um, I guess at that point, are you starting to get some calls, some letters? How's that work?
1: Yes. So, so the rules are different now, thank goodness. But now college coaches can't talk to you until your junior year. So junior year, coaches can talk to you. You can kind of decide where you want to go on your, or during your senior year, okay? Well, back then, they were recruiting people all the way back into seventh and eighth grade. So this was probably eight or ten years ago. So all the way back into seventh and eighth grade, these kids, actual kids, were committing to these colleges wow. and dedicating the future – in college, the future of their life. that I had no idea what it even looked oh like, gosh. dedicating it to this college. So it was absolutely absurd. But in ninth grade, I started getting letters. Um, actually, one of my very first letters was from Arkansas, but obviously hmm. that didn't work out. Um, but yeah, in ninth grade started getting letters, and then I actually committed to the University of Missouri in 10th grade.
0: Okay, so you get your first letter from University of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. What is that letter? Is it just basically saying, hey, we're interested in you? Yes,
1: like- basically, we're interested in you, we would love to have you for a visit, Come come see our campus, let us show you what we have to offer. And that was about it. It was basically a letter of interest is kind of okay. what they called them. So
0: when you got that, was that a big deal to you? Or it just kind of like
1: eh. It was, it was a huge deal. Anytime you got a letter of interest, it was a huge deal because it was basically these schools reaching out personally to you to let you know, Hey, I like the way you play. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in maybe having you at our university. That's
0: cool. So it's literally like you come home from school one day and it's like, Raxton, you got a letter in the yeah. mail. Is that what? That's that literally
1: happened? what it was, and it like, you know, it was like the most surreal feeling because it felt like, and even I wasn't even close to being in college yet, but it almost felt like all the dedication and hard work had paid off, and it wasn't even started. Wow, you know, so yeah, it was crazy.
0: That's awesome. So you get your first letter ninth grade uh, that we're interested, but then you said you committed to Missouri in tenth grade. So how did that come about?
1: Oh, gosh. It's actually crazy when I go back and think about it. So I had gone to a little camp um, in Conway in, like, January. It was freezing cold. And at this camp um, that these guys were putting on, it was, like, this little um, company organization deal. And they had these high-tech cameras Well, with these cameras, they would go around and they would video you fielding the ball, hitting the ball, base running, and sorts of things like that. And then all your videos would go up on this website. Well, these college coaches could search this website and look at any middle infielder, third baseman, catcher, pitcher, whatever position they were looking for. And so Missouri came across me on this website, and they reached out to me, and I took a visit. And as soon as I was on the visit, I absolutely fell in love. I was there for an entire weekend. I got to see a football game, a volleyball game. I got to meet the players, um, tour the dorms, tour the entire campus. Like it was just the most incredible um, weekend and experience, and I felt just so welcomed and at home. And I knew that's where I wanted to go was somewhere that I was going to feel at home and welcomed and safe. And so I, yeah, I absolutely loved my my time in Columbia.
0: So tenth grade year, you commit to Missouri. At that point, did y'all just kind of begin this relationship where you just stay in contact. I guess you could back out, yes. right? Like if. Yeah, you could yeah, definitely you can back, back out. out. So they're like, yeah. even though you're like, I'm in, they're probably still like.
1: Yeah, so basically what that was was a verbal commitment. So mm-hmm. I verbalized to them, I want to be a Missouri Tiger and come to the University of Missouri and get my education and play softball. So all the way up until my senior year before I signed my NLI, National Letter of Intent, I could have backed out. Even technically after I signed my NLI, I could have backed out, but it's a little more set in stone once you sign your NLI. Mm-hmm. So basically in 10th grade, I had just given them my verbal commitment that I was wanting to come there.
0: Okay. So you finish up, uh, your high school career, which, um, with, I guess, coach you're at Paragool, mm-hmm. yeah. right. And mm-hmm. so was that a pretty good experience? High school, did you have a decent team?
1: Yeah, it was, I absolutely loved high school ball. I know not everybody has the, you know, greatest experience with high school ball. Um, but I absolutely loved it. I can't talk high enough about coach Shatsley. He's just a great human being, off the field, but, you know, even even greater on the that. field. I that. Like, oh, when, when you think of Bill
0: Shatley, like – what's a story that comes to mind or an image that comes to mind that highlights what you're talking about when you're saying he's a good man or just like I can't speak highly enough of him? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, he's great. He never lets the moment get too big. And one thing that like has really just stayed with me and I get chills talking about it all the way through high school was, you know, as I was going through this recruitment process, everybody knew about it and it was hard. It's hard for somebody in high school not to let that get too big Mm -hmm. and not to let that overwhelm them. I mean, for Pete's sake in 10th grade, I could barely drive Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting here having these colleges reach out to me, me having to talk to my parents, trying to figure out where I want to go. Meanwhile, I'm having to play high school softball and try to focus on that and try to focus on school. And I'm also playing volleyball and basketball. So it was a lot. And Coach Chatsley just always kept me grounded. And every single time I would run into something, run into a hard time, my confidence level would get down or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. He would just look at me and say, Braxton, I just want you to remember that all you need to do is just be Brax. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to do anything else. You don't need to try to be anybody else. You don't need to be anything bigger than you are. If you will just be Brax, everything will work out perfect. Wow. And, um, you know, I've had customized gloves in college, and every single one of them that I've had have had just be Brax on them because it's just an incredible reminder that you don't need to be anybody else. Who you are is enough. Yeah. And that's just one little story about Coach Datsley that I love. But, yeah, I absolutely loved playing for him in high school, just an all-around great guy.
0: What a gift. I you know, I think so much of like the anxiety that we experience and the shame we experience and um, the reason we're so hard on ourselves is because we're constantly comparing ourselves to other mm-hmm, people absolutely. who seem to have more or be more and it's just like you, it's hard to be kind to yourself, to right. love yourself, to even accept the fact that, like, you know, I'm not perfect and mm-hmm. I'm going to have those days where it's like I'm one for four or, right. for four or whatever else and it's like, yeah. I think to have that message drilled into you and then literally to sew it in your glove or run yeah. it in your glove or whatever. I mean, it's like, I think all of us need to take that message and apply it to our lives of like, mm-hmm. like you can't be anybody other than you. Right. Like, you're the only one. Yeah. And so like, give it your best to be mm-hmm. the best version of you that you can be. So that's fantastic. So you're eventually graduate from Paragol. What year? Mm, 2016, 2016. Um, I'm class of 2001, by the way. So, <laughs> Don't um, date yourself like that. <laughs> just saying, um, so, uh, Yeah, so 2016, you graduate, and then you go to Missouri. You said first year was fantastic, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm, absolutely. My first two years were really good.
0: Okay, so you had two years. I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: I had two years. The only thing that steered me away was right before season, my sophomore year, our coach got fired. And you know your head coach is a heart is a large part of why you go where you go because I spent a lot of hours around our coaches and especially the head coach and he was just really really knowledge, knowledgeable about the game and I just learned so much my first year under him but he got fired right before season started my second year and so our assistant coaches to be completely honest, we're put in a really hard situation. They had to step up and become the head coaches. And it just wasn't a great year. And I knew after my sophomore year that I wanted a change. I wanted a change of scenery. I wanted to change where I was. I wanted to just do something different. And so I kind of opened my recruitment process back up. And then that's when Arkansas came in the picture.
0: Okay. But to rewind for a second, your first year at Missouri, like you crushed it, right? Like you just kind (laughs) of, did you, you rolled right in and kind of picked up where you left off in high school, right?
1: Pretty much. Yeah, I would say so. Was it
0: not, did it not feel like a big jump to you? Like what happened?
1: It wasn't a huge jump just because I had played competitive travel ball. Okay. And I don't really want to compare travel ball to college because it really is not the same. But I think one of the reasons that I was able to just mold myself so well into the college game was the way that we prepared and practiced at Missouri. We scrimmaged all the time. And so I was facing the 65, 70-mile-an-hour pitching almost every day at practice. I was um, fielding against the base runners that could get to first in you know 2.6 seconds or whatever it was. And so I was um, used to the speed once the spring rolled around. And so I think that's what you know allowed me to just – fill that role there at shortstop my freshman year at Missouri. Um, of course the, the speed of the game was faster but I was used to that because of the way we prepared in practice and just the incredible coaches that we had at Missouri. I can't speak highly enough about them.
0: Were you surprised at all about how well you did your first year? Or?
1: Absolutely. I would completely be lying if I said no. I just don't think anyone expects your freshman year to go in there and have the numbers that I did and you know I mean it didn't it didn't happen by luck or you know sure. just by chance. Of course, I. Put and the dedication Absolutely. and the hard work but even with all that you just don't expect your first year to go as well as mine did and so yes I would definitely say I was surprised yeah.
0: so eventually you transitioned over to Arkansas what made you decide to go there
1: Well, I think it was really special to be able to come back home and end my career at Arkansas. I never in a million years saw it coming, but I remember the night I was sitting at my mom's dinner table and we were kind of talking about me transferring from Missouri. And I was talking to her and my dad and I said, the only place I can see myself is at Arkansas. I can't see myself anywhere else. So if I get that opportunity, I'm going to take it. And so you did. And so. And I that did. was
0: 2018? Yes. Okay. So 2018, and you had obviously a fantastic career. Um, just the past year, yeah, you broke the single season record for home runs. There was like. Honestly, like for those listening just go like Google Braxton burnside because I was just I was gonna put down like all of your accolades on here and I thought like it'd be like two or three things and there was like 15 and I was like you know what forget it there's like, more than I'm that. not even are you looking I looked yeah, uh, yeah I was like I couldn't even list them all people would be like oh, all right okay moving on so like yeah just go if you're interested and it, it you had an incredible incredible career so let's talk about that for a second I mean what was that like? to go to your kind of hometown, play mm-hmm. for this team that you're very well aware of because mm-hmm. you grew up in, like, hog country. Right. And you go in there and you help the team. Uh, you guys, like, won the SEC tournament this mm-hmm. year, right? Yes. Like, first time in school history. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that experience like?
1: It was surreal, incredible, exciting. Like, literally all the words that I could describe it, it was just – so memorable and amazing, like really words can't even explain how crazy and exciting it was. And for it to be my last year and to go out on a year like that, just absolutely like writes my story, ends my story, just absolutely crazy. Um, But it was awesome. It was so exciting. I would say really that this past year, like wrapped and completed all the dreams that I ever had, Mm -hmm. you know, like one of your biggest dreams, whenever you get into college is to become an all-american because it's one of the highest accolades that you can get and so for me to be able to fulfill that my last year and for me and my dad to have talked about that for so long it just absolutely gives me chills you know that I was finally able to accomplish that and dating all the way back to us putting the hours in at five and six years old it just re you know it just writes and finishes my story right. perfect
0: yeah you did it
1: I did it <laughs> awesome yep
0: what are you, as you look back on your memories um, from your days at Arkansas, what, is there one that sticks out to you that's like, man, like sometimes you're just walking and, or you're just hanging out and all of a sudden it like comes back and just brings a smile to your face or a tear to your eye or you're like, God, that happened.
1: Yeah, I actually have two. So my first one was um, I was right on the brink of breaking the record. I had 16 and 17 was going to tie the record. So once I hit sixteen, I went to a little slump, and I was struggling. Um, we were at the dinner table one night, and I was just scrolling through Twitter. And you know, whenever you become a big name, there are a lot of um, there are a lot of great people out there, but there are also a lot of haters. It happens, you really? know. Really,
0: like even for oh yeah, college softball.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, and this I wouldn't necessarily call this person a hater because I've spoke to this person and I know who they are, but. Um, there was a tweet made about me being O for my last 24, 25 or something. Mm-hmm. And so I'm scrolling through, and I'm like, oh, look at this. Oh, Burnside's scoring? last, yeah. last O for her 25, her last, you know, seven games or whatever it was. And just I'm like, like yes. Just to the heart, man. Like, yeah, I'm like, ah. yes, I love to see that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, so, you know, I'm just kind of laughing it off, reading it to my parents. Of course, my parents are like, oh, my gosh, you're kidding me. And I'm like, <laughs> well, he's not lying. Like, it's true, you know. So we come in that weekend, and you know I was at number sixteen. I was struggling, in the very last game of the series and my last at bat. It was on a Sunday afternoon. My last at bat against Mississippi State. Um, I I don't know the count's probably like two and two. I'd fouled a couple pitches off, and she gives me an outside pitch, and I smoke it out in right field. And I was as I was rounding first, I just like had a sigh of relief and just let my head drop to the ground. It was like, oh, my gosh, finally. Like, finally, this can be out of the back of my mind. I tied the record. It's over. I don't have to worry about anything else, and I, like, circled the bases. <clears throat> and something else special about that memory was my older sister was at that game. Oh, that's cool. And um, one of her friends was with her and was actually videoing her, and her reaction to my home run, like, brings me to tears because – I just have like such a good support system and like how she went crazy like breaks Mm -hmm. my heart because it doesn't break my heart, but it just warms my heart because, you know, people that support you and want you to do good just as much as I want me to do good is just something that is irreplaceable and not everybody has that. Uh, And so to have that support system and like to see that video of her jumping up and down, like it just really warms my heart and, um, So that was like a really, really special memory. And then um, one other memory that I have was our last, not our last weekend, our next to last weekend in Bogle. It was um, for regionals, and we were playing Stanford. And this was the final game to go to Supers. And um, it was my very first at bat. <clears throat> the person in front of me got on. The stadium was absolutely packed because we had just um, let our stadium go to 100% capacity. And so there were people on the berm. You couldn't even see the grass. There was not a seat open in the stands. Like an it was, electric field. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And so um, my very first at bat, very first pitch, I hit it out and when I rounded first, oh, wow. like the roar of the crowd was unlike anything I've ever heard. And it's like such a cool feeling. You know, for not only, like, for me because I hit a home run, but it's just so cool for me to see the support and how much the sport of softball has grown yeah. and how many people were out there to support us and making history and doing something that we had never done, yes. which was hosted a Super Regional if we won that game. And so, like, that noise and that roar will forever be in the back of my mind because yeah. it is, like, one of the coolest home runs that I've ever hit. And to hear the stadium be that loud was just well, and crazy. It's,
0: what an amazing experience to not only know that you have all these people who were like cheering for you but you were able to like those people in that moment I mean no telling what like troubles they have in life right you know what I'm saying whether it's financial or marital or someone just got diagnosed with cancer or whatever but in that moment to know like you were able to put a smile on all their faces and just like go crazy like that's mm-hmm. gotta be it. Oh my So gosh. Incredible, incredible, like a small town girl. And it's like, you're rounded the bases and like, <laughs> how did I get here? Yep, right? It's like, yep. you know how you got there because you put in all the hard work, but so many people put in all the hard work and things still don't work out like that. Right. And so what a gift. I want to go back to your slump for a second, like, um, cause that's part of life, yes. right? We all go through slumps. How much of that did you feel like was mental? Like looking back on it?
1: It's a lot. It's a lot, and I think that's one thing with softball in general just because, you know, you're going to fail twice as much, if not three times as much, more than you succeed in the sport of softball. And so I think it transitions to life a lot, but the sport of softball and any other sports is very, very mental. Mm -hmm. If you let the mental side start creeping in, then you're going to fail even more, you know, and and not letting your confidence um, deteriorate you. Because that can happen very easily. You know, you fell once and your confidence goes down, and then you're going to fail three, four, five more times in a row, and now your confidence is plummeting. Yeah. So finding a way not to ride the roller coaster, same thing with life, and kind of finding a steady, whether you're whether you're high or whether you're low, not allowing your emotions and your mental state to also get too high or dip too low. That's good. Yeah, it's it's really hard. Um, but speaking on the mental side, I'm forever thankful for softball because I think it has taught me so much about the mental side. Um, that I can carry over into life now that softball's over. And I also want to go back to Missouri. So leaving Missouri was one of the hardest things that I've ever done because – I loved Missouri with my whole heart. I loved the people there. I loved the town. But I knew deep down mentally I needed a change. And so now I feel like whenever I'm going through something and I start to feel the same way, I know immediately that I need to change and that it's not the best thing for me. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it was so hard for me to leave, but I just knew deep down and mentally I was not going to be as good as I could be if I were to go back. Yep. And so I think that that little spurt in my life, although it was hard, was the best thing that could have happened
0: yeah it takes a lot of courage to change because you're moving into an unknown spot you know and right. I think that's why a lot of times people kind of just stay stuck in a rut is they're like I don't necessarily think this is best for me mm-hmm. whether it's a relationship or whatever it's like but because I can't see the whole, whole future I just kind of stay where I am right and there is a moment where I think yeah you have to have the courage to say okay I don't see exactly how this is going to work out but I know this isn't it right so i'm just gonna step out in faith and see what happens and Mm -hmm. that's what you did so i'm curious there's so much more i could ask you but i'd just like to know like what what's next for braxton burnside um we were talking as you walked in here and you're like i'm so glad to be home which Mm -hmm. makes me happy as someone who (laughs) is from here and moved off and then came back and so um we're glad you're back but what's next for you
1: yeah, so me and my sister, I'm bringing her up a lot. <laughs> me and my sister. Um, and what's and, her name? Her name's Heather. Heather she has okay. a name. <laughs> All
0: right, yeah. I'm to give, give her the creds. She's had such a big impact.
1: Yeah, so uh, me and my older sister, Heather, and her husband, Josh, are um, in the process of putting an indoor facility in Bono, uh, out towards Westside School. And this facility will be home to all baseball and softball players wanting mm-hmm. to better their game. And I myself will be a baseball and softball instructor in that facility, having all different sorts of lessons, training sessions, and camps for the younger generation to come in and for me to pour my knowledge and my effort and everything that I have into them.
0: That is awesome. Yes. When do you think that will kick off? Like, what's the plan? Probably
1: in the next few months. Months. Um okay, the groundwork, so it's soon then. Yes, it's soon. The groundwork has been laid. The metal's in. Um, we're just kind of we're waiting for all the steps to lay in place and for the metal building to go up and to get all the turf and the cages and everything in there. I'm hoping in the next few months, maybe like November-ish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm super, super that excited about awesome. that.
0: awesome. Mm-hmm. We'll have to be sure and uh, promote that whenever it comes yes, out. Let us know. And we'll, yes, we'll push it, it to sure our will. audience for sure. Um, yeah. What Do you think you could turn Beale into a hitter over here?
1: Oh, yeah. I think I could turn anybody into a hitter.
0: That's fantastic. How for long sure. would it take?
1: Um, I don't know. I'd have to see you before I can give you a timeline. I've spoken to like some a videos coach. out there. Okay, huh? yeah, yeah. Church softball stuff. Oh, she, yeah, for sure. <laughs> church softball league would be great. Yep. Yeah.
0: That's pretty much the same level, Bill, of what she's been talking about. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got, I got so. really good at heckling the referees or umpires, whatever they're called. Wow. <laughs> yeah, hey, good catch, man. Good catch. Um, <laughs> okay. Saw that pun there. Yeah. So, before we end, I'm just curious, for those who are listening that maybe their kid is in baseball or basketball or softball or whatever else, um, or it's maybe a teenager who's listening and they're like, oh, I'm liking it, I'd love to be able to go to the next level or, you know, be the best version of this player, whatever I can be. What advice, if any, do you have for them?
1: Yeah, I would say just like Coach Statsley told me, just be yourself, don't try to be anybody else. Don't even try to be me. <laughs> you know, I'm myself, you're yourself, don't try to be anybody else. Um, just be who you are, and that's that's plenty. Um, I would say make sure you have a hard, driven work ethic because, you know, that's not only for the sport that you're wanting to play, but that's for anything in life. Um, if I'm giving any advice to parents, it's let your kids fail and let them learn mm-hmm. from it. Um, you know, I recommend playing other sports, getting them out there, getting them active, getting them interested in it. And any baseball or softball players that are wanting um, to get lessons, you know, whether it not even be the physical part of the game, but the mental part of the game. Um, you know, come, come see me, come talk to me, DM me, whatever it is. And I will answer any questions and also don't let where you're from, hold you back. Mm -hmm. I was from a little town in Paragold, Arkansas, where a lot of people told me you will not get seen. You will not get the exposure that you needed. And I found a way to make it happen. So, you know, don't let anybody tell you that just because you're from a little spot in Northeast Arkansas, that it's going to hold you back because that is false and you can make it happen because I'm living proof of that.
0: That's awesome. Well, that's a great point to end Braxton thanks again for making space to come on
1: yeah thank you so much for having me it was fun awesome
0: all right so Braxton Burnside has left the building Braxton thanks so much for making the space to come on I really enjoyed that interview Bill and uh I can't wait to see what kind of hitter she turns you into me too hey if you're still listening Thanks so much for tuning in. I just want to encourage you um, check us out on our social media platforms. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter and Facebook. We also have um, an email that we send out. You can subscribe to that. We have a website up. It's paragoolpodcast.com, so you can check us out there. And as we always encourage you to do, if you can, go to iTunes. uh, Give us a five-star rating. uh, That helps people find us and learn more about the incredible people that we have living right here in Paragold. So um, as always, thanks for listening until next time.